Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today we have Clay Montgomery from International Paper on the show. He is the Senior Manager of Audit Analytics, Fraud, and Compliance. So Clay leads uh, an entire team of analytics folks within internal audit. And I don't think the questions that I asked gave justice to the answers that Clay gave. I would say if you are in the beginning stages of using analytics, this episode is absolutely for you. If you are thinking about implementing analytics, this episode is for you. And we also talk about uh, a little bit for the advanced team. So similar to Clay's team, where you have an entire team of data analytics folks uh, within the internal audit team itself, um, some kind of guidance and advice for them based on Clay's experience. So some of the things we do talk about, uh, common challenges and lessons learned from Clay's experience in leading an analytics team, the best first step for those starting out in analytics, and then maybe the next best step for the more advanced team, such as Clay's. I uh, also asked Clay, what do most people think they should do with analytics that they actually should not do, which was a very interesting answer. And then the typical process that Clay follows for any given analytics project. So we get to a little insight into the framework and a methodology uh, that Clay and his team use at International Paper. Lastly, be sure to connect with Clay on LinkedIn and check out in his featured section on his profile. He has the deck that he used when he spoke at the 2019 Audit World Conference. And there's a lot of really good content in there, even without the even without Clay leading the session, just looking through the deck is really helpful. So I highly recommend that as well. Here we go. We're talking about uh, analytics and um, obviously an area of interest to me, but Clay is somebody that, that's been doing it at a high level across multiple functions. Uh, wanted to get your, like your advice and your guidance to the listeners. And one thing that we get asked often is just common challenges uh, that you've seen in, in leading an analytics program and maybe some lessons learned from that, that that we could take away. I would say that for for me personally, a common challenge that uh, we come across is that a lot of groups come to uh, you know kind of chat with us because we've got a dedicated team already, and they sometimes have challenges getting started. They they know that whatever function it is, treasury or, or supply chain or whatnot, they they know they need analytics. They know they need that insight. They know they know they need that. Uh, data to to increase the effectiveness of, of what they're doing, but and they see other groups that have dedicated data analytics groups that are doing very well and they're able to demonstrate the value, but they just don't know where to get started. So that's where we have 
a lot of conversations within the business. And so we tell a little bit about how we got started. There's multiple paths. There's multiple. I've been with um, International Paper. And prior to that, I was with Enterprise Rental Car. So I've been with two different companies that had successful audit data analytics programs. And they did it in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll just, a lot of times we'll just chat. Here's a path that you can go and take and, take and choose from it lessons learned and think and how we approach the challenges and, and see what works within your business. And then just kind of keep that dialogue open. And, and it's, it's great to see the approaches that they take, the technology that they use, the positions that they create, and just see how they become successful in their own right. But what, if you could, what is one of those paths? So, so for the way we approached it within, um, within an internal audit at IP is we knew that we, we're wanting to use data analytics. We knew that in order to you know, be an effective audit department, we needed to start using analytics across the board. And so we had some challenges because previously they had some trouble starting that program up. They had ACL, a common tool. And, and what was happening was they had a single auditor that was becoming, or, or one or two auditors that would become proficient with the tool. And they would do some analytic projects and people that have that type of skill set, people that have that are good with ACL or Tableau or Power BI or things like that, they tend to get recruited and move on quickly within the organization. Right. And so then you're you're kind of left holding the bag. What the they were they had scripts they didn't know what to do with. They had so how do I continue to keep that going? So they made the decision that okay, so we're we see that a lot of other audit shops are are standing up dedicated groups that that do analytics. So that's what we're going to do. So I. I started that process for IP end of, end of 2016 and was very fortunate because the leadership had a strong, had, had a strong desire to move forward with analytics. And so they were willing to throw some resources at it. So they said, okay, we're going to uh, have a manager. We're going to have a couple of analysts and, and we're going to see how this goes and, and see whether we can get the value out of it. So we, we took a few months. We didn't just kind of start from the get-go. We took a couple of months working with my director at the time and try, try to build a strategy on how are we going to make this a successful program, mm-hmm. not a person. Uh, nice. we, we want to make sure that this, this has some succession and some continuation. And so at the time, the IAA had come out with a study that they worked on with Grant Thornton. I think the book was just called Data Analytics, but it was really, it was good timing. I think it had just come out. And so it talked about using a maturity model and how to uh, develop that interest in analytics with your stakeholders and how to measure some common KPIs that people are using and how to think of the program holistically, building processes, building um, building improvements around the people, process, and technology areas. So looking at it holistically as a program, not just a tool yeah. or what's a project. Like let's step back and say, how are we going to build something that can can sustain itself over the long run? So that took a few months to do. And I'm that was very fortunate that they gave us the time to do that. And then we just started down the path of, of uh, we showed them our strategy, showed the leadership team, which is uh, the audit leadership team was our steering committee. And so we said, okay, here's what we want to do. Here's, here's how we view a successful data analytics program. So I think that's important to say, okay, what, how do you see the program being successful? What are you looking to get out of this program? What are, what are some of the key things that you will be able to say? Yes. That program did what it was supposed to do, did met my expectations. And so we, kind of laid that vision out 
looked at the maturity model, kind of said, okay, where are we at? So kind of evaluated, you know, where are we at right now? And then started a plan to uh, work with the, working the people side, the process side, and the technology side to kind of start moving along that maturity model. And that, that took time. We were very, we said, this is going to be a journey. This is not going to be a one year and you've got a successful plan analytics program. I, I don't know of any, I don't know of any group that is just like snap their fingers and done it. And sometimes that's not what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to be honest and just say, listen, what we would say, we have to crawl before we walk, before we run. So that big complex company-wide analysis that you're wanting to do, we'll get there. It's probably not going to be your one. It's yeah. probably going to be, let's let's kind of build these processes out and let's work on some, we really focus particularly in year one, we really focus on quick wins and mm-hmm. building that credibility. And, and then as we kind of made our mistakes on a smaller scale, we adapted and, and started learning and increasing the complexity of projects that we were working on and, and just... Kind of continued on that path. So we've been very fortunate. We've been we we've had some some fantastic people on the team, and and again strong support from leadership. We've tried to communicate the successes that we've done, and and we've been on that path for several years. And so it's been great. That's 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 how we approach it. IP. I've seen other groups be successful not going all in with a dedicated team. I've seen other groups basically say, okay, well we're going to have a single auditor or a single team member. All you do is analytics. So for this year, for 2021 or 2022, whatever, you're just going to do analytics and we'll just see what happens. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just going to, you're going to work on analytic projects and see how that turns out. And I've seen that be very successful because they worked on analytic projects and got some great results. And so now what if we did two people and what if we did, we added a new tool. And so I've seen it grow organically like that. The common thread that I see on successful data analytics teams is a commitment to putting some resources towards it. Mm-hmm. And that means a person and time and, and you don't have to put a lot of money, but maybe if you need to buy a tool or, or you know, a, a single desktop license of Tableau or, or Power BI, you've got to put, you've got to give it a chance. The ones that struggle will, you know, th- this person is supposed to do analytics. Their main job is this, but they're also supposed to be doing analytics where that, that is, I don't want to say that's a recipe for failure, but that's, a, that's very difficult to have that person to have the bandwidth because they're going to be focused on the main job. They're not going to be focused on analytics. Yeah. And so that's why it's important on the front end to sell what you're going to get out of the program. If it's just analytics and we need to be better, it's got to be more than that. If you're going to reroute somebody or build a team or, or make those investment, you have to, you have to understand what am I expecting to get out of this so that I can make that, that investment. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's a great answer. Um, long-winded I apologize well if I can take a if I see the opportunity to make a an Alabama football reference to somebody then I'm going to do it especially if I'm talking to somebody if especially if I'm talking to somebody from SEC country um Nick Saban has the best program in the history of college football uh but he also lost to Northern Illinois in his first year you know what I mean so like it, it took time to get to where it is but I don't think anybody looking back would say uh, that he was, you know, a failure because of that. So I think that's, that's something to, to be aware of. Like you said, like it, 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 it's a baby step. It's, uh, it, it's a program. Like you don't just implement a program. A program is also with, uh, involves you know, culture and things like that as well that, that we haven't hit on. Um, so I think that is important to remember and something that we haven't, we haven't really talked about on the show that much. So I appreciate, uh, appreciate your answer there. Um, what is, I, I try to get away from like, okay, what's the, 
you know, I talk people about agile, like, okay, what's the first thing we should do? Uh, we talk about analytics, like what's the first thing we should do, but it is, it is a pretty good question. Um, so I want to look at it from two fronts though, for those that don't have experience with analytics, like maybe what's that first step. And then maybe those that are listening that are, um, more advanced, what would you, and again, I guess without knowing to what degree they are, uh, advanced, maybe what a, a next step for them might be, but what would be like a, a good first step for, we have nothing, uh, and then a good first step for, uh, let's say we have like the dedicated data analyst. Yeah. So when you first start out, I think some, you're, I, I think most people, you get a lot of ideas. You get like, I've always wanted to do this project this is something we've always wanted to tackle but we just never had an analytics person that could do this or a tool that could do this so let's point it towards that and see what we get i would say just be when you first starting out be cautious about the level level of complexity of the project that you're going to work on we really focused on establishing some quick wins and so that's that may not be as sexy as the big projects that you're hearing about but you, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know how to, when you're first starting out, you don't know how to check your results for accuracy. You don't know what the data tables look like. You don't know what it's going to look like in a data visualization. And so we've, we've made a very targeted effort to say, okay, we're going to stay away from these big projects for now. And we're going to focus on things that we really feel have a single data source, or we're very familiar with the data. We already, we already have the data. We know that that's important. Do you have the data already? You understand it. And maybe you just want to take a deeper dive with it. That's big because if you don't have the data, okay, that that's a challenge in itself. That that's a whole procurement process that that goes on behind the scenes that can take months to, to happen and can stall something out. So for us, for our team, we looked for ways that our audit team was currently testing, and we looked to automate those procedures. And so we were they were uh, our first project they were testing uh, no PO invoices. So invoices that don't have a purchase order associated with them, those tend to be higher risk. And so uh, the, the original, the, the classic approach is, you know, you take a sample of 10 or 15 or 25 and, and you test a couple of attributes and it's either good or, or bad based on, on what you've seen. We said, listen, there's no reason why you can't just run this report wide open for a year. And then we can start looking at those attributes across the board. So if you're wanting to see, um, so for example, they're, they're looking at authority levels. Are they spending within their limits? Well, you can just run some analysis on the highest invoice by everyone at this facility. And then you'll know. You'll know whether they met their authority for yeah. that year or not. Better than that, if they exceeded it, well, you know how many times they exceeded it? Because the problem is sometimes you might find an exception if you're doing traditional audit testing with the sampling, but you're like, you, you, when, you're, when you display those results, you don't know how often it's happening, but with analytics, you do. They they exceeded their authority four times. Those four times related to office supplies, and it was you know unique. So you can you can. It's very important, I think, for internal and even external auditors to be able to put a box on how bad issues are when you when you note them. Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. 
Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Even like accrual testing, we were, you know, did you accrue for this invoice appropriately? Well, if you're using analytics and you're looking at the entire population, you can look for invoices that cross periods for, for an entire year and identify the top vendors mm -hmm. that, you know, for whatever reason, freight or whatever, that do cross periods. And so that's where you can target, you can still sample, but sample within those areas, because if there is a problem, those are where the issues are, because those are the highest spend vendors. So the quality of your results are, get, are, are getting much better and quicker. Yeah. That you're, like you're, you're doing the analysis. So we, that's where we, that was our initial project is to, and we, we did a couple of other tests as well, um, looking for split no phone invoices, um, looking for keyword searches. So we had a kind of a handful of tests and we automated it. And so the audit team would get that instead of doing that in the field, they would get a prepackaged report uh, prior to uh, prior to the audit. So our our mission statement to the audit team was to improve the efficiency and effectiveness of the audit process. So mm -hmm. efficiency, we're getting you your stuff before, and we've done all the analysis before you've even had the scoping discussion. Yeah. And on the effectiveness, you're getting better results. You're getting better analysis. You're you're testing deeper. If you are finding issues, you're getting better. Um, you're, you're getting better uh, uh, analysis to kind of identify what your exposure is. That was a good quick win for us. And it was a very simple data set, but it was helpful in communicating to our audit teams the effectiveness of analytics. Because you mentioned culture earlier. They, they have to see the value. They have to see, what, why are we doing, and why are we doing this? Why am I investing in analytics? So if you have some quick wins like that, they can see, okay, the before after picture makes sense to me. I've also seen where others have focused on um, company credit card transactions as quick wins. That's another, that's a fairly easy data source to, to look at. So that's that's a couple of examples on to kind of start off with. Again, to build that credibility and and if you and we made plenty of mistakes, plenty, but they're on a small scale. They're at a location level, not at the enterprise level yeah. from the get-go. So you, yeah. it, it, we learned a lot, uh, fail small um, on the, on the, as you get more advanced, the way we the way we try to make sure that we're we're continuing to evolve and continue to progress, we we do two things. Number one, we're we go back to that maturity chart. So at the at the we do it at least on an annual basis. We'll look at that maturity chart and we'll say where are we at on on the on the people side, mm -hmm. on the process side, and on the technology side, and are we are we really if it says continuous auditing, are we doing a couple of continuous auditing routines or are we really, can we say that that's a strength of ours? Same thing for continuous risk assessment. We're doing, we're doing some things in that area, but is it a strength? Uh, not, not quite yet. We're getting there. And so that's where you, we kind of go back to that maturity chart and say, okay, where are we, um, where are we weak or where could we be stronger? And so where do we want to target our development project? Where do we want to target our efforts this year? That and just benchmarking yourself against other companies. We, we try to make it a practice to reach out to other analytics groups. Love chatting with them. We love sharing what we're doing. We love hearing what they're doing as well. And so if they're doing something really cool and neat, then we're gonna we're gonna bring that back to our leadership team and say, hey, they're you know this company's doing this. Uh, there might be some application here. So should, do we want to try that? So that's on the on the more as you get more advanced, that those are two good techniques to kind of see what else is out there that you would consider. So kind of on the flip side of that question, then what is something that most people think they should do with analytics that they actually should not do with analytics? For us, I, I don't know if it applies to everyone, but for us, I guess I would say know when to quit. I know. I, so when you're going down the path of a project, if it's a, 
if it's a slightly bigger project than maybe you thought, sometimes we make the very difficult decision of pulling the plug and, and, and putting it in the graveyard, unfortunately, because mm -hmm. you might have a great idea. And as you get deeper and deeper, the, the data is, is not quite as clean as you thought. The consistency wasn't there or there, you thought it was like two or three tables and but it's really like 12 and, and, and the, for whatever reason, it starts getting worse and worse and worse. And I think the worst thing you can do is beat a dead horse and continue at a certain point. And we've had to have that conversation several times on our team with a couple of projects where we thought this was going to be a really cool project, a really cool area to dig into. But the more we got into it, the more we we said, okay, but let's, let's cut it. I, I know that we built some excitement around it. I know that others are expecting something in this, but we have to say it, we're we're not ready. The data is not ready. Whatever is not ready at this time. And so to step back, because otherwise you're just spinning your wheels where you can be adding value elsewhere. Yeah. And so that's a difficult decision, but you, you can't solve everything. You can't solve every data integrity. You know, if you're at 50% uh, integrity on, on some key data fields, you can't, you can't make magic and, and make it work. So I guess just knowing, evaluating when to do the start, stop, and, and reroute. Um, okay, last question. Uh, could you just kind of walk us through like a typical analytics project, like the typical process that you guys follow? Nothing um, specific or that, you know, obviously you can't say, you know, um, but just sure. like a typical, a typical project. Sure. Okay. So the way we select projects from the get go is we, we have a, idea submissions and just different things that we, so we have a list of projects mm -hmm. and what we think we're going to get out of that project. That is brought to our audit leadership team. That's our steering committee. And we say, okay, what projects would you like us to work on this year? Based, let's talk about what we're going to get the most value out of. That's how we select the projects that we're going to work on. Once we, once we have, once we've get, gotten that approval and so we know what projects we're going to be working on, we assign it to an analyst. We've got, uh, we've got, analysts and data engineers. And so we assign the team that's going to work on it. They'll usually uh, work with the main stakeholder. Is it an, an audit team? Is it an audit team and the business? Uh, a lot. Some of the things that we develop are for both audit and for the business, continuous auditing, continuous monitoring, both. And so we start scoping out uh, what are we going to do on this project? So we have that initial scoping meeting with whoever the end product is going to go to and say, let's talk about the type of things that this tool is going to do for you. Let's talk about what analytics, what the data sources are, what are the potential challenges, what are the constraints, and really, you know, put pen to paper on what what are we going to do? Where is this data going to come from? What is uh, potential output? What is that going to look like for you? And, and any other nuances that we need to know. So we try to do our due diligence on the front end in terms of scoping and, and getting that detail out there. At that point, they, it, it's off to the races. So the analysts will work with our uh, data engineer team and, and identify what's the data we need, what's the analysis that we do. And so they will um, start working on that project, whether it's a tool that they're developing or whether it's for a specific audit. It might be five or six analytics that they're just doing on, on an audit that they're working on. And so they'll get that to a point where it's ready for review. And so we've got a uh, quality assurance process that we've developed just to make sure that that it it number one matches what we said it would on the scoping document that the data is clean complete valid all of the uh, all the the details and everything look like they match and so we go through that quality uh, review process and then at that point we have the meeting with the with the end user whether it's the audit team or the business or both and say okay this is this is this is what we've got do you 
Um, is this what you expected? Or th these are some of the initial results. We're very careful. Initially, we want to say, hey, these are some of the initial things we're seeing. Help us validate that these are, uh, are accurate, that we're not missing false positives, or there's not something where we can tweak this project to make it better. And then at that point, uh, it, it either goes into production or if it's for an audit, we present it to the audit team and, and it's complete. So I would say for timing-wise, uh, medium, medium complexity project, uh, might take two to three months. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's a, if it's a heavy audit, if it's a uh, if if it's a data driven audit, you're maybe we're not auditing the process, we're auditing the data, so there's going to be a lot of analysis. That might take uh, in the range of two to three months. And then if it's for something, if it's just you know a handful of analytics for an audit, uh, it might take a couple of weeks or even a couple of days. If it's some pre, we have a lot of pre written scripts, and so that might just take a day or so. But they all tend to follow the same process. Uh, scoping the analysis, quality review, um, and and then come share it with the customer. And we'll usually get feedback afterwards. What went what went well? What would you like to see better? Is there anything that we can improve on for the next time? So that's the general flow of a project. Yeah, I like the list. Uh, like just having that list of where we can submit ideas to 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 understand which projects we're mm -hmm. going to do. And I recommend that for mm -hmm. uh, just general audit analytics. Having that list, I know like. I'll read a blog post or something and see where somebody tested something, you know, a certain way. And I go, Oh, that's cool. And I'll take it and I'll summarize it and I'll put it in my, I call it an analytics menu, but it's just, you know, like, I don't know, 250 mm -hmm. ish, you know, at this point test that, and then, and group them by, okay, this is an HR test. This is a AP sure. test, whatever. Um, and then, so if, if somebody comes and says, Hey, we're doing a payroll audit and I go, okay, let me open my menu filter payroll, here's everything that we can do, plus, you know, whatever else your environment, you know, makes sense, but these are the common ones. And so being able to have that has been really helpful for people to understand where they can use analytics and how to use it also. Um, so I really like that idea of having the, the list of like tests and especially the ones that like the way you guys are doing it, where you can submit an idea um, mm -hmm. and then use that um, is a really, really great idea. So, all right, Clay. Um, Anything else that you want to, uh, we're gonna wrap up. Is there anything else that you wanna leave the audience with? Any closing remarks? Closing remarks, I, I guess I would love to give a shout out to the data analytics team at IP. Lauren Curry is the data analytics manager. She's, she's been with the team since the beginning, does a phenomenal job. Uh, we also have Stephen Newman, Oslin Sen, and Bryant Johnston. And so they they do a fantastic job. I mean, they're the reason why the team is successful. And I get the pleasure of kind of sharing some of the things that they're working on, but it it, I'm very fortunate. I love my job. I love the team that I work with. And so I would say give, they deserve all the credit. So that's my closing remark. All right. Appreciate it, Clay. It's good having you on. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.